It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Go Birds Podcast. What's going on, everyone? This is the Go Birds Podcast. And no, I am not James Seltzer. Unfortunately, he is down at Citizens Bank Park discussing a Phillies loss that I was going to open up talking about some of my initial initial thoughts from it. But that's a type of loss where you're probably turning on Go Birds because you want to hear nothing more about what was just really a devastating loss. So instead, I am coming from you from my hotel room in Houston to talk about the 8-0 Eagles after their big win over the Houston Texans. Unfortunately, James won't be able to join us because, like I said, he's at Citizens Bank. But I couldn't leave you guys without a post-game pod. It's our favorite pod to do. I've already texted with James. He's devastated he can't do it. But I'm going to give you some of my thoughts from the game because, like I said, I think Friday is going to be spent people not wanting to think about the Phillies and instead think about the 8-0 Eagles for the first time in franchise history. They are 8-0, and it's a truly unbelievable accomplishment for so many reasons. But I thought that Thursday night's game, people are going to come away from that game and be frustrated somewhat, right? The defense didn't, you know, play up to their standard, I think, in the run game. The offense ends up with 27, 29 points, but they only had 14 and a half. They're, I guess, a second half team now. But, uh, I, you know, overall, it was just kind of a sloppy game. Missed field goals, bad tackling, uh, an uncharacteristic fumble by Jalen Hurts. They come out, they let the Texans go right down the field to fall behind. Uh, so just a game where, when you're watching it, you're thinking, okay, this is the loss. And it would have been a somewhat acceptable loss, like short week, all those things. I think that when their loss eventually does come, if it comes, it'll be in one of these weird games. And early on, this qualified as a weird game. I didn't think that they looked unprepared. I saw people on Twitter saying that. I thought they just looked uh, 
like lackadaisical maybe early on, I thought. I mean, maybe they did take the opponent a little bit for granted. I didn't think it was a scheme thing. I didn't think it was, you know, the, the, anything with that, with that. I thought it was just they looked a little checked out at the beginning. And I'm wondering how much of that was Jalen. I know it was a big spot for him going into Houston. I thought he took some uncharacteristic sacks early on in the game. Jordan Mailata did not have a great game. There were a few plays where he let his guy run right by him. But Jalen's gotten to the point where when he sacked, I'm surprised by it. And I thought that some of the sacks, he normally has such a good feel for the pocket that he didn't see them coming. He just seemed a little, like, maybe zoned out early on. I I don't know. But the team itself just had a bit of a malaise over it. And they eventually got out of it, obviously. and, And they end up winning by 12 points. They've now been up 10 plus points in every single one of their games, which it, which is incredibly impressive. And I think that ultimately my main takeaway from the game is this. At the end of the season, they don't ask how. They don't ask how. They ask how many. All that matters is that the Eagles won the game. Like, I think if you're, we've been talking so many, so often about when the letdown game is coming. They played the Steelers and the Texans in five days. Both teams that they would have been easy to look over. Both teams play, you know, pretty hard. Obviously, neither team's heading to the playoffs, but these are the type of games you win when you end up as the number one seed that you didn't let slip by. And the unfortunate reality is, despite the fact that they're eight and zero, it's a possibility that come Monday morning they're still only two games up in the division. Or I guess two and a half on the Cowboys, but. There's just not a lot of room for error, and the the issue is because there's not a lot of room for error. If you don't win that one seed, if you don't win the division, you're talking about the five seed. So it's a major difference between a, a bye and starting the playoffs in the wild card round on the road. So it would have been a game again where short week, unfamiliar opponent, you know, you're traveling halfway across the country. It's a somewhat acceptable loss, but they just don't they don't lose. Like they don't make the mistakes that allow things to snowball. As sloppy as they were tonight, they had the fumble early on in the game. They still win the turnover battle, right? I mean, the second half, they really, I felt, had control of the game for most of it. The defense, you know, as as maligned as they're going to be, they they stepped up and made big plays when they needed to. I'm sure there'll be a lot of talk about uh, um, Jonathan Gannon's scheme. It's funny with Gannon. I feel like he's a perfect example of how long it takes somebody to like fully dig their way out of the ditch when you're not liked by by Philly uh, fans and, and media. Like Gannon's defense has been unbelievable this year. They gave up 14 points in the first half, and still there's like you know a lot of people being like, "Oh, this is Gannon, get him out of here," blah blah blah. Even though his defense has been unbelievable the first seven games of the season, so. I, you know, I think that maybe it was from, from some frustration coming from the Phillies, but people were really mad in the first half. I mean, the, the reality is the Eagles are not going to come out every week and jump out to 17 to nothing leads. It's really hard to do in the NFL, no matter who you're playing. I mean, Ike Reese, I talked to him about it, you know, obviously played in the league, knows a ton about football, felt this was going to be a really tough game for the Eagles. And in some ways it was, but they still won by 12. They still almost scored 30 points. They held the Texans to 17 points. Like, if you just look at the box score, it doesn't look that close. So I think the fact that they can go on the road and turn in this type of performance and still win by that much just speaks to how good they are. I mean, you know, it's it's impossible not to have a Phillies reference in here. But, like, you look at the Astros, Astros just have unbelievable depth. And I think that what the Phillies are lacking right now is kind of that depth. When you watch the Eagles – they're incredibly deep. Like they're, they're able to survive not getting a massive game from AJ Brown, not getting a massive game from Devontae Smith. You know, this, uh, 
you know, missed tackles on defense. They're still able to make plays. Like Chauncey Gardner-Johnson might be the, I don't know, seventh best player on the defense. He's leading the NFL in interceptions and has an interception the last four weeks. So they, they're just an incredibly deep team, and it allows them to survive slow starts. It allows them to to have games where where they don't play well and they still win because you don't always have to, uh, you know, rely on your best players. So like I said, I think this is just – one of those wins where, you know, maybe later on in the year they lose a game they're not supposed to, but they can lean on this Texans win as something they still have. I mean, to have eight wins, like, it, it's just they have such a great chance at the one seed because they're not losing games they're not supposed to. And it's not just that they're not losing games they're not supposed to. Like, you can go into a game and say this isn't a game you're supposed to lose. It's in games where you're like, oh, man, this feels like the loss. Down 14 nothing to the Jaguars, right? You're stagnant in the second half against Arizona, um, against Pittsburgh, right? I mean, you pretty much dominated that one. But tonight, right, you... It's you fall behind seven nothing. You're tied fourteen. You missed a field goal. There's been a lot of moments where it could have tipped the other way, and it just never tips. It never tips with this team. And being in the locker room after the game, um, you know, you see Jalen. You see how Nick Sirianni's handling himself. Like they have great leadership, and I think that shows up in the tough spots. It shows up when they need to make a play so that the Texans don't, you know, pull within three in the last few minutes. When it shows up on offense, right, where they have a fumble early and then they 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 recover later in the game and they, they make plays. Like, they, they don't let things snowball on them. I mean, Jalen Hurts has now won 11 straight starts as quarterback of this team. That is not a coincidence. This It's the longest streak in the NFL among quarterbacks. Like, this team just flat out knows how to win. And I thought today was a win – was it was it a win that championship teams win? It's the game that short week and you get it done. All right, let's talk about the defense a little bit because obviously it was not great. I mean, ultimately 17 points is 17 points. So, I mean, last year with Gannon, I feel like this was a debate a lot with him. You know, it didn't look good, but he only let up this many points. 17 points is still a win. The Texans, I mean, I think their season high is 24. They've only gotten to 20 a handful of times. So 17 points, you're going to win most games where you give that up. I think what it is, is it's just the style in which it, in which they gave it up. And I also think that it was a potentially a, a sign of a red flag that could haunt this team uh, for at least another month, if not, you know, potentially the rest of the season if they don't clean things up. So what was disappointing about the defense was coming in, you knew there was one player that could stack, that could cause problems for you. There was only one player on the Texans where you'd go, all right, how are they going to lose this game? And it was Pierce. Like, Pierce was the one that you knew at the, at the running back position was their whole offense. They didn't have Brandon Cooks. They didn't have their number two receiver. Like, they're not a talented offense. Davis Mills, not a great quarterback. Pierce was the guy. Like, that should have been the focus. And he ran all over them. Like, all over them. He ran through them. He ran by them. He made them miss in the open field. He broke tackles. 139 yards on 27 carries, over five yards per carry. Like That's the disappointing thing. The disappointing thing is the mission was clear. The mission was to stop Pierce, and they were unable to do it. And the reason it's concerning is twofold. One, when Jordan Davis went down, we talked about on this pod, and I said I thought the bigger blow was going to be just to his rookie year as opposed to like an impact on the defense. I might have undersold that. Like I, I do think that they can find a player that was currently playing as good as Jordan Davis 
But I think losing him has really messed up kind of their depth and their rotation at the defensive tackle spot. And look, I don't think if Jordan Davis plays tonight that Damon Pierce has, you know, 50 yards instead of 139. But it's clear that the Texans felt they could run right up the middle against this team, and they were able to run right up the middle against this team. So if you have Jordan Davis there, I think things are different. I think they're better. I don't know if they're drastically better. But with the secondary that this team has, the linebackers playing relatively well. I mean, look, they had their fault as well in the front seven. But when you have that secondary and you have quality linebackers and you have edge rushers like Javon Hargrave, three three sacks tonight, like they got good pressure on Davis Mills. It's the run. It's the running game. And Sirianni was asked about this earlier in the week, and he said he felt that while he knows it needs to improve, he thought some of the runs were situational. You know, you're up 27 points. You're up 20 points. Like, there's situations where teams are running the ball against defenses that are meant to stop the pass because of the score. And there was definitely truth to that. But tonight, that was not the case. Like, they go right down the field to start the game. They're able to run it pretty much whenever they want. And Pierce, I I think props to him as well. Like, he's obviously a very talented player. And he made some really nice plays. But there were plays where he was getting by four or five defenders. So the concern is that with Jordan Davis gone, at least what it's well, at least a month now that he's on on IR, like where's the where's the fix coming? I mean, Derrick Henry is coming up on the schedule. Jonathan Taylor is coming up on the schedule. Like they they are going to have to be better against the run. Because if they defend like this against the run when they play better teams that don't have Davis Mill at quarterback, that aren't start starting in like Philip Dorsett at receiver. They they might not lose because it seems like they always find a way to win, but it's certainly going to be much harder than it needs to be. So I think the concern is with Jordan Davis gone, where's the fix coming from? I mean, I guess you could say Jonathan Day, uh, Jonathan Gannon should have stacked the box a little bit. I'll have to go back when I watch the the tape and see like if that was the case. A lot of people on Twitter were saying he wasn't putting enough people in the box, and and maybe that is. But ultimately, the players have to tackle and like. You shouldn't allow 139 yards on the ground, especially with Davis Mills at quarterback. Like, I get sometimes you want to take the ball out of the quarterback's hand, and when you're up, like, they're running it, they're killing the clock. Like, I get all those things. But Davis Mills, because of the running game, was put in extremely ad- advantageous situations early on in the game. He had two, I thought, nice touchdown catches um, and passes. But, like, Davis Mills is not a good quarterback. He finishes 13-22, 154 yards, two touchdowns, the two crucial interceptions at the end, and the defense certainly deserves credit for that. Like, I think people will leave this game feeling more upset about the defense than the offense, but there's an argument that they they actually outplayed the offense. They had the two critical turnovers. They stopped uh, the Texans after Hurts' fumble to kind of keep momentum going. They only allowed 17 points. The Eagles scored 29 points, but the defense put them in good situations to, to score those points. After one interception, they start on the 17-yard line. So the defense, despite their major issues in the running game, they still did a, a lot of good. I thought there was one moment I have to mention considering how often we've talked about it, but Hassan Reddick, really nice play in coverage. His first one all year. I'm not going to sit here and say, all right, yeah, put him in coverage all the time because I, I still don't think that's the case, but he did make really nice play, so I have to give him credit. Um, we talked about the interceptions. Uh, Gardner Johnson now leads the league in interceptions with five. Ironic, they traded a fifth-round pick for him. Like He does a great job of making plays on the ball when, when there's chances. I mean, these aren't eye-opening interceptions in the way that he's like jumping passes and things like that. He's kind of been in the right place at the right time. But when you're in the right place in the right time, four weeks in a row, you deserve credit for making sure you're in that right right place. Bradbury, another interception in a huge spot. Like I didn't think the Texans were going to win the game, 
But they were driving, and they could have pulled to it. Then, uh, you know, they score a touchdown, 29-24. They go for two, maybe, you know, whatever. Like, so it was still a big interception, and it wasn't the easiest of plays. I mean, it was a bit of a gift, but he still had to make it. So Bradbury and Gardner Johnson continue to make plays when they're given the chance. And that, that would be my overall take on the defense, that the running game, the run defense was a problem. The tackling was a problem. The tackling remains like the Achilles heel to a certain extent of that this defense. But when you can tackle poorly – and allow Davis Mills to make nice throws on you and still only give up 17 points, it's a sign of a great defense. And they have a great defense. It's just about cleaning things up. It's just, again, when we talk about this team, it's about can can you play like the way they played and beat the Bills or the Chiefs? Like, that's the standard for each week. And like it's like Jalen talks about, the standard is the standard. They didn't meet the standard this week, and they still won, and that's what great teams do. But on defense, when they play much better offenses, they're going to have to be better tackling and better against the run and that, I think, would be the frustrating part about tonight's performance. All right, let's talk about the offense. I started the pod talking about how I thought Jalen Hurts seemed like a little out of it to begin the game, like some uncharacteristic sacks. The fumble was a weird play. Like watching it live from the press box, when the ball was snapped, to me, it almost looked like the play had been called dead. He was not ready for the snap. The offensive line kind of like didn't move. I think that's partially why maybe Hurts like didn't avoid the pressure immediately. But early on, I just, you know, I thought he seemed a little like out of it. It's maybe not fair because I think he was obviously concentrating. He just didn't seem like himself. But he certainly cleaned it up. 21 to 27, 243 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, did have the the one loss fumble, but a quarterback rating of 128.9. And he had some really nice, uh, really nice throws in there. There was a stretch of the season. I feel like it was like Jacksonville, Arizona, um, like around that point of the season where I thought his accuracy like dipped just a little bit. It was back on today. If you listen to the pod, obviously, you know, one thing I've talked about all year with him is his ability to hit guys in stride. And I thought he did a really, really good job of that today. Before the fumble, he had two really nice throws. A.J. Brown, perfectly in stride. Then he hits Devontae, perfectly in stride. He had some big plays on third down today. And again, it's just another week where, other than that weird fumble play, like Davis Mills had two interceptions. Jalen didn't. And how many weeks do we spend during the Carson era being like, well, Carson had two interceptions. Like, the quarterback just doesn't turn the ball over. I mean, even with the lost fumble today, they've played eight games. And on offense, they've lost one fumble. And that was today on like a fluky, weird kind of snap thing. So Jalen, again, winning football, like I said, 11 straight wins. That's a quarterback stat. And that I just, I thought he he looked good today. What I do think is, is noteworthy is, he only had nine rushes, and he only had two last week, so he has 11 combined in the last two games. I don't know if that's intentional. Like, I didn't think there were times where he could have ran today, and he didn't. I do think he's not escaping the pocket as quick as he used to. Against Pittsburgh, I don't think that was as much the case, but tonight, I do think like there were a few times where a month ago, like he probably, I think, runs away from the pressure more. He did avoid one really big uh, sack. Um, I think it was probably in the third quarter, third or fourth quarter, where they're up against the goal line. I think it was the fourth quarter. They're up against the goal line, and he um, he avoids it. He gets away from it, and so instead of getting tackled basically at the one, uh, you know, they don't lose on the play. So there were some plays where he definitely did a good job avoiding pressure, but 
definitely not running as much. I, you know, I don't know. I don't think he's hurt or anything like that, but just noteworthy to me that only 11 combined rushes in his last two games. So there's a, there's a little bit less of it than it used to be, but overall another great game for Jalen. I mean, this was in a national spotlight tonight. So I think for his MVP case, this one helps, you know, to put up those numbers, uh, you know, the touchdowns, the two passing touchdowns too, obviously, uh, you know, something people talk about with him. I've seen a bit of national reaction and it seems like the reaction is that he he helped his MVP cases and I think he should. He's 8-0. He's the quarterback. He's playing great football. Like that's what an MVP is. If the Eagles had any other uh, not any, but if they had the majority of other quarterbacks in the league, I do not think they would be 8-0. And that's what MVP is. So I thought tonight helped him uh in that case. And a nice return to him for for Houston. I mean, you figure He's had so much go on in his career, like getting benched at Alabama, having to go to Oklahoma, being a second-round pick, the Carson thing, the bad playoff game last year. Like, he leaves his hometown, first time playing there, 8-0 as an MVP candidate. And I think that, that that's really cool. So another good week for Jalen. Now he gets this long bye. Next time he plays will be another primetime game on Monday the Monday Night Football. Through the first eight games, he, he could not be better. In, in anyone's wildest dreams, no one would have thought he would have been this good. The other two stars on the on on the offensive side of the ball, Miles Sanders, I mean, he's reaching a point where I think if you talk about the best running backs in the league, he is close to being in that conversation, at least like, you know, is he in the top 10? The Texans are not good against the run. So that, you know, that is what it is. 17 carries, 93 yards, a touchdown. He's up to six touchdowns on the year after not scoring any last year. I thought last year was a complete fluke that he didn't have any touchdowns. And you're seeing this year more and more what he is. But he's explosive in the open field. He runs hard. He makes people miss. Like, I thought he looked just as good as Pierce did in a way. Like, Pierce had more carries. I mean, he had 10 more carries. So, obviously, he got a lot more more chances. But I think Miles runs really hard, and, and it showed tonight. I mean, there were times where I thought the offense was a little stagnant, and their best play was giving it to Miles. So, um, I thought he had an outstanding game. We talked last week about A.J. Brown's worth the money, how Jalen Hurts earned himself some money. Miles earned himself some money tonight in prime time. Like Miles, Miles is having the year you want to have if you're in a, in, in a contract year. I think he's such a big part of the team from an emotional standpoint. And him having a big game, like when Miles plays well, they win. I'll have to go back and look, but I can't remember many games where Miles played really well and they didn't lose because it just makes the offense so much better when the running game is going and Miles has it going. And he certainly very much had it going today. So outstanding game for Miles. I think he was probably the MVP of the offense. But if it wasn't him, it was Goddard. Eight catches, 100 yards, one touchdown. Nick Sirianni said after the game that Goddard has to be mentioned when discussing the best tight ends in the league. I think he is, but I think Sirianni's also right in the way that like Kelsey gets a lot of attention. Like There's other tight ends out there that, that get the spotlight more than Goddard. Prime time tonight, triple digits, touchdown. He's so good after the catch. Like The screens they run for him, he's just very, very good at it. He's good at down-the-field catches. He is one of the best tight ends in the league. And, you know... We talked after week one when A.J. Brown got the ball so much, you know, like what when's Devontae going to get? And then Devontae had his game. There hasn't really been the Goddard game yet. He's had an outstanding season for sure, but 100 yards, one touchdown, and it comes in prime time. Like he's one of the best receiving tight ends in the league, like point blank period. He's probably top five at it, and I probably have a hard-pressed time to come up with four in front of him. So, you know, if it's not AJ, if it's not Devontae, it's Dallas. Like they just have so many weapons on this offense that are hard to uh 
that are hard hard to stop. So very impressed by Goddard. And I think in a game where AJ, like a very quiet, I think like 50-something yards with one touchdown, Devontae only a few a few touches, it was Miles. It was Goddard. Like it's a depth on this offense. They're, they're just extremely hard to stop because of all the talent that they have. So overall, another win. Again, they don't ask how. They ask how many. This is the type of win where when they're hosting the, champion, the NFC Championship game, think back to these last five days. Two wins against games against teams and in games that they very well could have lost. So it's just an impressive win. Uh, you know, I wish the, the Phillies would have had that, this kind of impressive win. But but outside of that, I can't really think of anything else, major takeaways from the game. I'm sure I'm forgetting something uh, that happens when you talk to yourself for like 25 minutes. Um it was a cool moment in the scene in the locker room after the game. A lot of Phillies players, watch, a, lot, a lot of Eagles players watching the Phillies game. Uh, Sirianni was standing in there for a while. Uh, Hassan Reddick, um, Sean Bradley, a lot of like the Philly type guys, Jason Kelsey, AJ Brown was watching, um, Zach McPherson watching the game. There was a point where uh, Nick Castellanos came up, obviously, as people know, last batter of the game. And Sean Bradley goes, Philly's got a good history with Nick in the playoffs. So would have been a great tweet and a great great moment had Nick come through. But unfortunately, he did not. But you know what? I said I wasn't going to talk Phillies. I think this pod is about feeling good with Philly sports right now. And 8-0. Like, don't take it for granted. I mean, imagine before this season I told you the team was going to be 8-0. It's simply it's, – it's unbelievable. They're not going to get the attention over the next week because the Phillies are still where they're at. And then, of course – my Philadelphia Union championship on Saturday. But if you're enjoying this this playoff run with the Phillies, which I know you are, which has been wild, one's coming for the Eagles. Like, it's coming. This team is really, 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 really good. There might be a loss somewhere, but I don't th- – at this point, like, the worst case feels like 14 wins. Like, they're, they're in a very good spot. And it's because of winning games like they did on Thursday and winning two games in five days against teams that should beat them. So – I'll stop rambling. If you're still listening at this point, I very, very much appreciate it. Shout out to everyone came up to me in Houston, the real ones, the auto downloaders. It means the world to me when you guys come up and tell me stories and we talk about the pod and talk about the Eagles. It's one of the coolest parts of the job. And I'll also say shout out to listening because I know the pods aren't as good without James. James is the star of the show. James is the one. And when I have to do the solo pods, I know they're not as good, but I appreciate everyone listening to this point, and as the as real ones, as the auto downloaders, I couldn't leave you without the uh, without the post game pod. So, me and James will be back. We'll be back on Saturday. Um, you know, definitely talking some Eagles. There'll be some Phillies mixed in, but you know, I, I think we'll definitely talk talk a, a fair amount of Eagles this week, and then we'll get back to a more regular pod schedule. Because guess what? For better or worse, Philly season is over on Sunday. There might be champions, they might not be, but we'll get back to a more regular schedule. So, Eagles eight zero. Another win, another week, and uh, now they get a nice little mini buy. So thanks again for listening, everybody, and uh, I will talk to you guys soon. He's Elliot. I'm James.